ops, and a little bit of paranoia. Welcome to the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to tonight's episode of the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and I'm joined by, you know, we're, we're back to basics here. I've got Jason with me, which you might remember, you know, from all of the first episodes of this show before Uncle Mark became a regular. He's off traveling or something, believe it or not, in this world where everyone's afraid of being in contact with people. He actually gets to go visit a customer tomorrow. So he, he's not here because he's in a hotel or something. It's almost like like normal. I don't know. And of course, these two faces you maybe or may or not recognize. First of all, we've got the elf himself, Ed Scotus, here to talk about Holiday Hack. And uh, well, you want to give us a quick intro and then intro who you've brought along with you. Sure. So uh, my name is Ed. I am uh, the director of Cyber Ranges with the Sands Institute. And part of my job is to lead up the creation of the Sands Holiday Hack Challenge every year. I've also taken over as the president of the Sands Technology Institute, which is the Sands College. Uh, we've got over 1,200 students working on bachelor's and master's degrees um, and uh, just exciting stuff all around. And uh, I did ask uh, Nate if we could have uh, one of the the great people on my team, Jared, to join us. Um, Nate, did you want to introduce Jared? Sure. I so, I mean, uh, you can probably introduce him as well as I can, but uh, Ed was, Ed asked very graciously if we could, if he could bring along one of his, uh, uh, what do you call yourself? Are you an engineer? Are you like, what's your title? <laughs> Jared? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, senior engineer. Senior engineer. Okay. So we that's call him the Jared. The, the yeah. Jared. All right. So, so Jared here works behind the scenes on Holiday yeah. Hack. I, I guess as of a couple months ago, uh, you're brought in to basically keep the lights on. And since this is a show about keeping the lights on in a technology perspective, we figured he'd be a perfect guest for tonight's show to help uh, kind of share how things work behind the scenes that you may not see. Right. So. Jared truly is an iron sysadmin, you know, and I respect uh, sysadmins. I'm a, I'm a security guy myself, but uh, sysadmins keep the world going round. And I love being on the show every year with Holiday Hack launching. Um, and I think Jared will be able to give you some great insights into to how we do this thing and run it. He joined the team five months ago um, and has been focused on Holiday Hack technology, learning that, uh, really uh, improving it, streamlining it. Um, so that we had our smoothest launch ever about, uh, I'd say, 19 hours ago. Knock on wood. <laughs> so things are going great. Um, so actually, no, it's more than 19 hours ago. It's uh, uh, 29 hours ago. It was off by 10. That's so, pretty cool. Pretty yeah, cool. yeah. So so Jared's been doing great. And really, he spun up fast and really hit the ground running. So thanks for, for agreeing to be on the show, Jared. Hey, thanks. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for inviting me. That's pretty great. So uh, I guess, I mean, the kind of the place I wanted to start for basically one, because there could be people watching that don't know what the holiday hack is. So maybe maybe we'll just start there. What is the Sans holiday hack? Whichever one of you want is better to, suited to answer that question. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go ahead and get started. Jared, you want to fill in the, the blanks? Okay, perfect. So Sans Holiday Hack Challenge is many things. Um, first, we try to create a really fun environment for people to build their hands-on technical skills. Um, it's cybersecurity skills, but there's a lot of sysadmin mixed in with that. And let's face it, the, the two go hand in hand. If you don't know cybersecurity, it's hard to be a good sysadmin. If you don't know fundamentals of sysadmin, it's hard to do cybersecurity in a technical way very well at all. So we kind of bring both of those worlds together in a series of fun holiday-themed challenges. So it's challenges. It's a, it's a game. 
It's also a virtual world that people can interact with each other. You get these little avatars and they hop around inside of Santa's castle or they, this year they can go into Jack Frost's tower and you interact with elves and trolls and they kind of help you and give you hints and tips. So it's a learning environment with a virtual world where you can interact with other players. So it's got a social aspect to it as well. There's also a weird kind of twisted storyline where Jack Frost is trying to destroy the holidays and you have to figure out what his nefarious plan is and help defeat it so that you can save the holiday season. So we got that going for us. Um, and it's also, uh, it's full of art uh, drawn by amazing cartoonists and such and music. We have some amazing music. We release a new album every year. I mean, yesterday when we launched, we released a new album of 10 songs of various kinds. Some of them are more rock and roll. Some of them are more techno. Um, so it's, it's all those different elements put together in a scalable format such that, you know, last year we had 19,000 people play. Um, and we're hoping for that this year or maybe even more. So I, I do hope all of your, your listeners and followers will give it a shot. I, I think they'll get a chuckle out of it, a little laugh here and there. We try to make it fun and funny and also social so you can interact with other people. So, Jared, fill in the blanks that I missed. <laughs> okay. Fill in the blanks. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, from the back-end perspective, um, it's been interesting to invite, you know, people that into your systems to hack, right? And there's a, there's a set of challenges there that we're faced with. Um, but when you do that, when you say, hey, go have fun, um, stuff breaks. And so, to come in with the hat of um, how do you maintain high, highly resilient systems, inside of an infrastructure um, where you are inviting people. And this is very different, right, from the background of where even, you know, I was at my career where I'm trying to keep everybody out. Now I'm trying to invite everybody in and yet not so in that everything falls over. Um, and so a couple spots that are critical for us are containers. Containerization is a huge thing. Uh, and how we do that is is pretty elegant, where we can allow our developers to um, wrap all the challenges up into containers and then ship those images off to a registry. And then we can pull those down, bake images of our, of our hosts and uh, put them up into the cloud and spin them up and scale them inside of uh, Google instance groups. And um, yeah, so a, a big thing I think that you, you all might like there is just... Um, uh, the instance groups concept. Have you used that before, Nate or Xenophage in the cloud? No, I haven't. I don't think I, I've, I, I, like, I understand the constant or the concept, I think, but uh, yeah, feel free to elaborate there. Yeah. 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 It's, it's like a giant bucket, uh, in a, an array, right. And you can have one host behind it, or you could have 20. Um, and a very generally speaking, it's pretty hard to manage because you want some elasticity there. Because uh, you want to scale, or you want to you want you want to bring things down when you don't need to provision those uh, that many hosts. And so, um, graciously, I think um, Ed worked with Google, and they sponsored the this uh, this event, and so they've been really helpful. But without them, um, also, you know, honestly, the the load balancer has been just a huge win for us. So it manages our certificates, it sits in front of the challenges, uh, and we can spin up uh, hosts. Um, on the fly, tear them down on the fly. And if we see an, uh, a sick host, one that um, somebody has done some mischief off, we can pull that one out and try to review it and you know shove something in there. So um, decoupling 
those kind of interfaces is really, really critical for us uh, and has been a huge win. I think that's a big piece to where we had an issue, an issue last night and nobody felt it. And Ed, you know, asked me like, okay, so, so is there a problem? I'm like, no, nobody, nobody knows. It's two sick hosts out of, you know, N number of hosts we have. So you should have seen it in our, our Slack channel. There's all this discussion. Oh my gosh, this is going on and this and this and this. And I'm like, should we bring it down? Is it impacting users? And Jared's like, no, no, it's just like two or three instances. Nobody's on them. It's fine. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> this is all fine. This is all fine. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's exactly where you want to be as a sysadmin. You would be like, yeah, things are broken. Nobody cares. No one knows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll fix them. We have time. We'll yeah. fix them later. We'll fix them later. It's yeah. all good. It's it's your what you said there about being a sysadmin and then having wanting having to change mindsets to let people try to break a system. Um, that really resonated with me because, uh, a couple of years ago, well, guys, it's like seven years ago now, uh, DerbyCon had this hack your Derby challenge. Yep. And I had this crazy idea to build a CTF challenge in a Derby, right? So like raspberry <laughs> Pi inside of my hat. Um, and, and I had the same thing, right? It's like, I have this little tiny computer. Yeah. Jason was, oh, we, was we part of it the here. one year. Oh yeah. Um, mine that. are up on a shelf over here. I've, I've still got all of them. Um, but, oh, cool. but the, the, the problem was like, I had this tiny little computer. I was using a raspberry Pi a at the time. If you remember those, oh, yeah. they were oh, like, yeah. I don't know, 128 meg or 256 meg of memory. They were tiny little machines. Yeah. And, and I'm like, how am I going to host services on this? The people don't just destroy them. And containers is, is exactly where I landed too. Right. And that's, that's the platform I used for, for the, the hack your derby, like all the way up until the end of DerbyCon, Right. So it's pretty awesome. cool, pretty cool stuff. Nice. So um, last year was a weird year. I mean, yeah. generally, like globally, it was. If anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, then something happened last rock year? somewhere. <laughs> yep. But yep. Um, and, and all of us, because we couldn't go outside, <laughs> right? We started doing stuff online, and then yeah. as that year went on, people got more and more burned out on simply being at a computer, right? So. I'm kind of curious. Um, I know that your challenge and the participants generally grow from year to year as popularity yeah. grows and whatnot. Uh, do you feel like you got the expected growth last year? Was it lower than you expected? Was it higher than you expected? Like, do, do it, we? Do you feel like yeah. the pandemic at all affected? The- I think it did. So, so last year we did two things that you know that really kind of impacted stuff. One was, you know, when the shuts shutdowns first happened, right? It was what. March and April, mm-hmm. and people were really depressed. We actually ran a mini holiday hack challenge in May. Oh. So, so in May of 2020, it was it was only five challenges. We put it together in three weeks and rolled it, and uh, we had 5,000 people show up, and that that, that was fun and it was good. And we ran it once um, just to get people sort of something to do while locked down. So that might have aided in getting the message out a little bit more. So when December rolled around. We did our holiday hack challenge, the full-blown thing. We we didn't reuse the five stuff from earlier. We got rid of those and had all new. And there were still some lockdowns. You know, the UK was pretty hard lockdown last uh, Christmas season um, and various lockdowns around the world. So we ended up up last year. Our holiday hack in December ended up, it was up about 25 30%, um, which makes this year even more interesting because there's fewer lockdowns this year, right? I mean, things are much more opened up, thankfully for that. Um I would like to see our numbers go up higher, so please do play. Even if you can only be in for 15 minutes, please do just check it out, have fun. 
um, because we want to help people. This is a gift to the community. Um, But we'll see what happens. With less lockdowns than last year, it's possible our numbers might go down. But I want to be an optimist and kind of see them go up. And we're trying to reach, you know, wider audiences. There are, you know, college clubs that play this. There are high school kids that play this. There are junior high kids that play this. That's not to say it's simple. I mean, there are challenges in it that are really easy and even kids are playing. I think Jared's kids have played, which is Oh, kind I of got funny. a story lined up when you're oh, ready. Oh, great, great, awesome. <laughs> then also, I got to say, some of the the finest cybersecurity professionals and sysadmins in the world play this. There are people inside the, the NSA, the FBI, uh, Japanese law enforcement. I mean, just, just around the world, uh, you know, all the militaries and such that, that participate in this. And we try to have challenges that are commensurate with all of those different skill levels, from very, very newbie all the way to the most elite in the world. My favorite, though, is to, to watch the kids having fun in it. So that's a really a great segue. I, I had a, I mean, we're kind of jumping around the uh, the outline that I had made, but whatever. That's how this show goes. Um, who who is like who are the people you picture? to come play just anybody or do you have like an ideal person in mind like this is the person we make the holiday hack for no we want to go very broad and yeah. very wide so we don't have that in fact we try to break out of that mold of just saying okay this is a standard cybersecurity professional it's like what what are skills that we think are important for people to know now um skills um that kind of get them on the path to doing capture the flags as well as Things inside of CTFs that no one has ever done before. Um, for example, this year, we have an FPGA challenge. <laughs> and you have to design and implement an FPGA. And we give you a little virtual chip that implements your FPGA. And you've got to plug it in to do something to achieve one of our challenge goals. As far as I know, no one's done a CTF with an FPGA in it. Um, <laughs> you know, and we, we've got a lot of other stuff that's new. Um Server-side request forgery, SSRF, we're starting to see that turn up more in our pen tests, you know, especially of cloud environments. So I, I, I haven't seen it before, but, you know, SSRF is part of a capture the flag. It's kind of cool. Um, we have all kinds of different technologies we're experimenting with. I mean, there's tried and true stuff. You know, there's TCP dump, IPv6. Uh, we've got a Kerberosting challenge this year for attacking Microsoft Kerberos. Um, there's a whole variety of different technologies that are in it. Um, you can't have so, a CTF so, that doesn't attack Microsoft. It's got to be uh, yeah, there exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, yep. So, so we, do, we don't try to focus on a single individual person or skill set, but instead something very broad. Um, you know, we created a mini game this year, which um, actually encourages people to play together. We call it Holiday Hero. And you have to uh, push keys that indicate which um, musical notes are falling down from the sky, kind of like that other hero game. Yeah. But we mm-hmm. built the game in such a way, this was Chris Davis from our team's idea. He, he wanted to make it so that it's multiplayer. So two people have to play at the same time. Now you can hack it and script things up so you don't have to have another player. But if you if if you want to invite somebody else and make friends in the game, then you can have them both play. And Jared, does that does that Oh yeah, that's perfect. Story? Yeah. <laughs> so we're all we're all hanging out and Davis has made this this two player game. And so he's uh thinking, you know. To, to encourage people, I'm going to hang out by the game and just play with them. And, you know, we're all super busy. And I hear him say, man, this is like the 10th time I've, I've 
play this game with this person. He's like, I'm kind of getting tired. And, and this so is like, this was an hour after launch yesterday. Oh yeah. Just, yeah. just on repeat. And uh, I'm not paying attention. And then somebody says, well, who is it? What's the username? And Davis says the username. And I look up and I'm like, wait, what? I said, that's my kid. <laughs> 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 and so, yeah, my, I, I told, I told Davis that, uh, uh, my wife carried the bot for nine months. We grew the bot for 10, year, 10 years just so he could show up and test his software for him. That's yes. it. That's it. He's a testing, <laughs> testing bot. So um, the the conference, or I should say the challenge is around a conference again, right? Like you've done for yeah. the past couple of years. You, you have yeah. like, uh, I guess they're more like a live stream. They're not quite a live uh, presentation, but you, people can log in and watch yep. uh, presentations again. Yep, we have about a dozen presentations, um, and it's called KringleCon. So KringleCon yep. is another piece of Holiday Hack Challenge where it's a series of talks. They're all recorded in advance, but they're really wonderful talks. They're short-form talks, 12 to 18 minutes long because, you know, people don't have time these days. Right. Um, and they're really great talks by amazing speakers, and many of the talks, not all of them, but many of them will help you solve the challenges in the Holiday Hack Challenge. We really view this more of a learning platform more as a learning platform than a challenge or CTF. It is a challenge in CTF, but it's the learning that we're focused on. There's hints. The elves love to give you hints. You can watch the videos. They're full of hints. But this year, it's not just one conference. I mean, it's been KringleCon for years. Uh, the last four years have been KringleCon. Um, and uh, this year, Jack Frost has decided that he wants to one-up Santa Claus so what he did is he bought up all of the land around Santa's castle and built this enormous tower. It's way bigger than Santa's castle. And um, he's hosting a conference there called Frostfest. And the goal of Frostfest is to extinguish KringleCon and to just one-up it, you know, outshow it, uh, to make Santa just give up in desperation. And part of what the players have to do is to solve these various challenges to try to defeat Jack Frost. You see, it all makes sense, sort of. <laughs> um, it's kind of funny because Jack Frost issued a call for papers for his conference and nobody responded except for one person. So Jack was a little bit frustrated because he only has one talk for his conference. So what he did is he went in and pirated all of the talks from KringleCon. So if you go into Frostfest, if you go into Frostfest and you go into any of the speaking rooms, which you'll see with the exception of one talk, all the other talks look like they're filmed on a VHS, you know, camera <laughs> and, and the, the, the video is kind of jumpy and not all that great. And they're KringleCon talks, except for one. And that's Jason Blanchard's talk. He was the only person that responded to the Jack Frost call for papers. Yeah. So, but is it a good talk? It's a great talk. It's how to find a good mentor. It, oh, it really is a fantastic talk. He did a great job thing. with it. Yep. I thanked him for the, the talk. And so did Jack Frost. So <laughs> but you can see Jack Frost's efforts at piracy were pretty lame. Wow. And he did copy a lot of stuff from KringleCon and he did it in a ham-fisted fashion. So, yeah. <laughs> so all that. Uh, so basically you can you can log into you can log into the Holiday Hack Challenge, go to KringleCon, yep. maybe uh, uh, Jack Frost's competing conference. Uh, yep. And and watch this this content. You can talk to the elves and learn things. Um there has to be some base level of knowledge walking into the place in order to, to feel like you can actually get something done. Is there some, like, I know that's really hard to judge, but is it like, if, if someone's listening to this and they're like, I don't think I can do that. What would, what would yeah. you say to them? So first off, we did something new this year and there's an orientation. When you first get into the game, 
we kind of force you to talk to this elf. So you can see that mechanic of talking to an elf. You click on the elf. And then the elf will tell you to pick up something. It's a Wi-Fi adapter. So you have to walk over, pick up the Wi-Fi adapter. Then the elf will show you how one of our terminals run. So you click on this terminal and a, a screen shows up in your browser and you have to type into the terminal. And then once you've done the orientation, the gates open and you can walk into the North Pole. So we have that orientation thing for people that are new. There's also a, a fantastic person. Her name is Mary Ellen Kennel, K-E-N-N-E-L, Mary Ellen Kennel. And she has created a cheat sheet that she publishes every year of tips for the Holiday Hack Challenge. Um, her Twitter handle is I can has pie, I-C-A-N-H-A-S. I think it's P-I or it might be P-I-I. I'm sorry, I don't have that memorized. But it's something like that. It's Mary Ellen Kennel. Um, so she's got tips and tricks in a nice, you know, couple of pages of, of her hints. And then the other thing is the elves. The elves are desperate to help you. So you click on the elves. They're pretty easy to spot. Um, and they will give you hints. Now, Jack Frost doesn't have elves. Santa has the elves. Jack Frost has trolls. And while the trolls are grumpy... They're there to help you, too. I mean, they're the analog of Santa's uh, elves. Also, as you get deeper in the game, you find the trolls aren't all that they seem, and you start to learn more about the backstory of Jack Frost. By the end of this, if you're you know able to get far enough into this game, you will learn why Jack Frost is the way that he is and where he came from. So that's where this whole narrative is headed. Interesting. There's always a, there's always a plot twist every it year. Is. Always, yeah. I, it's, yeah. I, you, you always got to look and, forward to that. And and if you're watching, um, she's in the chat and just posted her cheat sheet. Oh, thank you! Oh, awesome! Hey. That's so. Did, did, I, did you ask her? Did I get your Twitter handle right? I'm sorry. I, I did. I, <laughs> I can in a hit tab. <laughs> yeah, two like, eyes or one eye? Two like eyes. Me. Two eyes. Thank you. Sorry, yeah. Ariel. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Jason, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I have not had a chance to log in and look at the challenges at all. And I know you have at least briefly. Um, you got anything you want to you want to bring up? Anything to talk about? You, you've you've got them right here. You can try to get hints out of them. You can try to force no, some. Oh, no, I haven't. <laughs> I, I, I have not played. I had not played long enough to get hints out of them. Um, I mean, I, I I bang my head against one one or two challenges already, um, and hints aren't. Gonna, I mean, the only hint you can give me is the answer, and that that's no fun. <laughs> um, but uh, so so far, it, it's been. I, I've definitely seen the upgrades from last year. Um, you know, there's a bunch of different types of challenges, plus, um, you know, there's like more interactive uh, playgrounds, I guess. Yeah, uh, the Python yeah. thing was new. Um, we did it know, last year in whole... JavaScript. This year it's in Python. We call it uh, Elf Code. So it's, it's yep. a tutorial on coding and you have to move this little elf around and make him achieve things. It's a, it's a real fun one. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, sort of like Turtle. Um, it is, yeah. yeah. From, from I remember way, Turtle. way, way, way back. I'm probably dating oh, yeah. myself now. <laughs> yep, me too. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's definitely fun. There was a... What was the other one I played? I probably spent most of my time doing that because it was, it was fun. Uh, there was a little game where you move a, a, a little guy around a, a, a box and you choose... In the one that I was playing, logic you were choosing... Yeah, Logic Chomper. That's a fun um, one. Choosing, choosing things that were binarily true. Um, yeah based on the, the, the expression. So that was fun. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely been interesting. Um, I'm told that, uh, uh, as we were talking earlier, uh, that, that I can get over into Jack Frost's area 
Um, all I have to do is go right. So the first thing I did when I got into the game was go left. Which is fine. Uh, <laughs> so, so I haven't quite made it over there yet. All the elves um, on the left, though, tell you, I don't know what's going on over there, but you better watch out because they're trying yeah, to. Yeah, they, they have. They have. So yeah, I, yeah. I went left and all the way around. And I've kind of yeah. got on a loop now. They That's told you good. to watch out, so you did. You listened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I won't go over there. It sounds dangerous. By, by virtue of wandering. Yeah, you know, like I play Skyrim, and you know, I didn't get <coughs> the first mission until I'm like 10 hours into the game. So It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Have fun with it. Really have fun with it. And, you know, one of the, the things we want almost everyone to do is to get inside Jack Frost Tower because there's a lot of special magic inside there, and you have to defeat him from within his tower. But the door is frozen shut. So you get there and you can't walk in. And there's a troll standing outside and he's like, hey, you know what happened? Uh, Jack Frost froze the door shut. But if you look in the window, I don't want to name the vendor, but you'll see this sort of uh, round thermostat with a blue <laughs> circle in the middle of it. And it's blue because it's so cold. And uh, it turns out it's, it supports Wi-Fi. And uh, well, you have to melt the door by using the Wi-Fi adapter in your badge to get through it. Um, but I do hope, um, you know, your, your listeners do try that because, uh, first of all, it's just fun to do and really neat. IW config, IW list, they're your friends. Um, IW list first, then IW config. Um, and, uh, then once you get inside there, you'll start to see Jack's nefarious plot manifest itself. I, you see, you're talking about the round thing on the wall and I, I thought you were going to go down the path of, uh, uh one of the colorful assistants that we have these days. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you can control the little round uh, nondescript thermostat on the wall via that assistant who's listening right now as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say the word too loudly. Is that what exactly. we're Exactly. Yeah. Oh, every time, every time I'm on a, uh, a call with Larry Pesci uh, from the Paul Security Weekly uh, podcast, he always tries to get, we call her Alice around here so she doesn't trigger. He tries to get her to order very... Large quantities of rather obscene things <laughs> for me. Yeah. The old 55-gallon fi- gallon gallon yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> well, You know Larry. Apparently you know Larry quite well. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, um, and I, I was just going to chime in too. Sure, go ahead. Like, like we, um, you know, my, my wife or I, we're obviously playing as a family, right? One of us is you know, signed up and, and, and there with our, our children. But I think there's a huge family element as somebody new to the team, um, just watching what the team has built and then having your, you know, kids or even your spouse just come down and like, nod and like, this is awesome. Like having a good time and they're, they're progressing, you know, pretty far. Um, and it's just, you know, it's really cool to be a part of. That's so good to hear. And one of the things, you know, I want your audience to make sure they understand is we really try to make this family friendly. There is, you know, we try to make sure there's nothing uh, offensive in it, nothing obscene, nothing, um, you know, overtly political or, you know, I mean, we're really careful and sweat the details on that. And we do kind of push on each other saying, you know, this turn of phrase while clever, it's, it's not right for us. Um, my son did one of the main songs uh, for <laughs> this year's Holiday Hack, and uh, he, he recorded it, and it, it was really cool, but it's like these lyrics are not good for us. They're a little too racy, so we had to rewrite the lyrics of his song so that it could fit into the game, and uh, he was okay with doing it. I had to pay him extra, but uh, <laughs> we had to change his lyrics. Out. And we did that while preparing Thanksgiving dinner, so he and I rewrote the lyrics for his song 
Um, and I'm, I'm proud of it. I think it came out quite nice. Um, and then Count Ninjala, who goes by Ninjala these days, yeah. um, he did so much great music for us this year. The guy is a genius. He did a version. You know the old song, I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas? Uh-huh. Okay, so you know that song. Not a lot of people know this. It's a great song. <laughs> he did a version of us that sounds like it's Strawberry Fields Forever. But it's I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. It is mind bending. <laughs> wonderful. Um, he did a version of All Your Bass Are Belong to Us, that old techno song. It's called All Your Christmas Are Belong to Us. Um, so, so he really did some some very precious uh, music for us this year. So before we started recording, you mentioned that the the album is a little more epic than usual this year. You yeah, want to talk a little bit longer. about that? I mean, you already kind of started. Sure. Yeah, so we uh, in 2015, that was the first time we launched uh, with a um, music in a, in a virtual world. And we actually um, licensed from 8-Bit Universe their music. So it was already pre-existing music. We couldn't release an album because they had already done that. But that got us on this idea of, hey, we could put together an album of music and release it for free with this. So I was talking with some friends who were DJs, and they said, oh, there's this guy named Count Ninjala. He's really good at this kind of stuff. <laughs> Maybe you should reach out to him. So I, I contacted him. And in 2016, we put out, you could call it an EP or a mini LP or something like that. It was six songs. But they were all done with an electro swing style and really quite nice. And then in 2017, we got Dual Core and Ninjala uh, involved. Um, we also had Keith Myers, who's a, a DJ, great DJ in the hacker community. Uh, 2018 again, 1920 and so forth. Um, oh, we got my son. He did a song for us last year. Um, cause he's got like three bands and such. So this year we had so much, so many different rooms, so many different playgrounds as Jason referred to, we have 10 songs that are brand new this year. And I think it's some of the highest quality stuff we've put together. Plus there's 10 classic songs from previous years, including Mary Ellen Kennel's amazing version of, I wish I could be Santa Claus. It is <laughs> hauntingly beautiful. And uh, we re-released it this year because it was so good last year. We want more people to be able to hear it. And it's featured inside of Santa's Castle. But you can you don't have to play the game to listen to the music. It's it's all freely downloadable as MP3s. Um, if you go to sans.org slash holiday hack. Um, and then you can download all that music. Uh, it'll be available in all of the streaming services in between one to five days. Uh, if you put your music on streaming services, they do some magic or something they vet it so and it takes one to five days for it to be yeah. you know posted so we loaded it into the streaming services last night around midnight so it's coming any any day now on the streaming services but you can download it before then or just experience in game yeah i've been um i've been picking out the songs that i like from holiday hack from years past and they they're they're in my permanent christmas playlist right right alongside oh, trans-siberian oh, wow. orchestra and all of the uh, <laughs> the usual uh uh not quite mainstream but fun christmas music um great. so yeah the this the stuff from 2016 that ninjala did that yeah. that was the first holiday hack i participated in and all yeah. of that music just i don't know it just brings back like all of these memories of the just I don't know. There was something special about that year for me, probably because it was the first year I did it. But uh, uh oh, he's he's queuing something up back there. So, Holiday Hack 2016. I, I was listening to you, Nate. Yeah. And I love the fact that you loved it. But I loved it so much. My team had made up for me for a holiday present in 2016. This is a 78 
record that plays on an old Victor phonograph. That's awesome. Of Sugar Plum Fairies, which uh, Ninjala did for us. It's yeah. Ninjala's version of that yeah. uh, on black vinyl, 78 format. And it's <laughs> a treasure. It's really a I treasure. Can't, I can't imagine how that style of music would sound coming out of a legit phonograph. <laughs> Well, if you if you want to give me a minute, I'll play it for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> so so ask Jared an interesting question, and I'll get this to play. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess this actually does bring well, up um, an infrastructure related question that I I actually did have in the thing here. Right. So um, we talked a little bit last year about just kind of the infrastructure around. I'm just kind of curious now that now that you're on staff, and I'm sure you've probably brought some new ideas. I would think. Uh, what's really like what are there any major differences in the way thing like what have you improved? What have you changed about how the, the hosting side of things are working for Holiday Hack? Yeah, I think um, first off, just thanks to Daniel. He's the predecessor and he uh, a brilliant dude. So, yeah, um, and he, he met with me several times and um, didn't have to. And so we got to bounce ideas off of each other. I, I do. I do see often um, we even myself have a tendency to go to um, the new shiny and Daniel and I were talking about some ideas um, that, that I was chewing on. And I think um, something that's a skill set of mine is being able to reduce much like music, right? Trying to simplify, simplify, simplify. Um, and so in some ways, I've pulled apart what Daniel did in, in a couple of key areas and tried to reduce that and simplify that down to a stack that's easier to uh, hopefully hand off to my peers, right? So I can go, you know, do Christmas with my family type of thing. So um, <laughs> that's the key. You know, I, I think, I think there's a lot of those ideas from a, from a big scale technical aspect um, that load balancer seems to have been a big win for us. And then just scripting all that out um, in, in a way, you know, it's, it's funny because if you put the work in up front, um, sometimes you're, you're pretty tired going into a launch, but it seems to have always paid off for me. And so one of them has been um, being able to, quickly rebuild our, um, those terminal challenges, challenges in a way that doesn't, uh, isn't too painful. Um, and I could not get it to work for a while. Uh, and I spent a little bit of time on it and finally was able to get to where I had it. And I'm like, I, I looked at this code. I'm thinking, I don't, I don't know if I'm ever going to use it. And yeah, we've already used it several times. And I'm just like, I'm so thankful that as a feature set that this thing exists because it was worth the investment. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that uh, helps you, but some of those ideas simplify. And then if you see an idea and, and, and you really just in your gut know you have to have it, I pushed myself and Ed saw me and I just, I built that thing pretty quick. Yeah. And so, you know, Daniel was instrumental in building this stuff up front. Jared took it over very smoothly, helped to optimize it. And we should also mention Evan Booth. Mm -hmm. You know, Evan has just a great software architect, you know, building all those uh, client side and server side stuff. He's also an artist and did a lot of the artwork in this. So it's it. We're a small team. You know, our whole shop is 11 people. And, uh, you know, the team works really hard to build Holiday Hack Challenge. Um, we do have some artists on the outside. Obviously, Ninjala is, you know, he's somebody we contract with. Um, and, you know, we have a, a great character artist in the UK. Her name is Annie Royal. She drew all of our elves and trolls and Jack Frost and such. And uh, we have challenge writers that are volunteers. Um, this year, we got a great challenge on Ducky Script. 
that was written by Kevin Tyers. Uh, that's the scripting language for the rubber ducky yeah. uh, little uh, malicious payload uh, USBs. <laughs> um, we had a guy named Josh Levine who wrote a challenge for us on blind SQL injection. It's awesome. I love it. Um, and we've had a few other, uh, you know, volunteer challenge developers and such. So it's, you know, our team is sort of the, the centerpiece of this, but we're very reliant on those other people that bring their pieces to the table um, to help us get this thing out the door. So do you want to hear Ninjala's version of Sugar Plum Fairies played sure. on a ninth? I, this is, I don't know how we can not now, now that you've, you've typed it up and you've... <laughs> now the device it's playing on is from 1904. Okay. Yeah. And the record itself was made in 2016. So let's let's see if this how this will work. I'm gonna aim it over here and get it ready to go. Take this guy out. He he's sound muffling. It's a. I was gonna say that would. It's a virtual gerbil, a stuffed animal gerbil. Can you hear it? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I think this is a first for your show. Yeah, <laughs> I, I honestly can't. I don't know if, if the viewers can hear this. I hope it comes through in the recording. But yeah, and those little pops and stuff in there—that's actually from the record itself. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, I mean, that's how they were, right? That's, <laughs> that's how they were. Yeah. I, there, there may very well be people that watch or listen to this show that have never. Legit legitimately heard a record play. Oh man. And you can still hear it going. It's That's got pretty kind of awesome. An, it's got an eerie thing about it. That's, that is, that is kind yeah. of eerie. Wow. Well, I'm going to go turn it off so we can talk some more. So while, while, while he's messing with that, we have, uh, we have a couple of, viewer questions yes uh, if, if you can see. get to them that's great because it, it's up here yeah. on this other display i can't even really read it from where i'm standing so <laughs> yeah <laughs> first world problems when you have so many displays and they're so big you can't even read them <laughs> so no, I, I, um, I literally have a tv on the wall that i put uh streamlabs up on oh nice and that's where the chat is right i don't really have to interact with it much but i, I need to be able to see it that's why it's yeah. up there so anyway cool. <laughs> So, uh, Holon Network wants to know what is the youngest age of the players. Do you, I don't know if you guys well, collect that info, but we, we don't. We don't ask ages. It's you know legally complex to ask that kind of stuff. Uh, I do know in the past some five-year-olds have played. Um, some seven, nine-year-olds. Jared mentioned his ten-year-old, right, Jared? Mm -hmm. Yep. So there are kids, and some people will take photos of their kids. Um, sitting in front of the Christmas tree, having milk and cookies uh, in their jammies, playing Holiday Hack Challenge. I love to see those pictures in Twitter. They kind of, That's the highlight of my year. So there are some rather young kids that play. Um, I would say sort of more mainstream play would be junior high or high school. Um, and then certainly the vast majority of the people who play are professionals. It's, it's not Excellent. a kid's thing. It's, yes. it's all dressed up in this sugary, wonderful, fun yeah. holiday experience. Um, but, you know, the, the degree of the technology as you get in there, you're going to be doing Kerber roasting, blind SQL injection. You have to do OSINT on things. You're going to be writing shell code. Uh, and then you finish it up by creating your own field programmable gate array, uh, FPGA. <laughs> so there's some Splunk stuff in there, S-Trace and L-Trace, N-Map. Oh, I mean, did this that thing, one today. Uh, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. cool. Yeah. 
there's so much. It's, so yeah, just because it's all dressed up with Santa Claus and stuff, don't trivialize it. There's a lot of really cool things in here. If, uh, yeah, if there are, if th- anybody has there a definitely, if anybody has a ten year old or or younger that uh, that manages to finish all of these chal- these challenges on their own. We, we, we want to hear from you. Uh, I don't know if we could have your kid on the show because that seems like it would be fraught with peril, but uh, we, <laughs> I'd love to hear about that. <laughs> but the, the point is don't go in expecting to do the whole thing. Go in expecting to have some fun and learn a few things. Yeah. And then if you get into it and want to stick with it, please do. But, but yeah, we, we try to write it so that if you can only give us 15 minutes, you'll have fun and learn something. If you can give us an hour or two or three or four, hey, that's fine. Um, you know, we write it so that it's casual, that you play during the holidays. It's not timed in the sense that if you finish it faster, that doesn't make you the winner or anything like that, right? The, the game is a competition from launch, which was yesterday, up until January 4th, in that you have to win it and enter your answers for us to select the best for a prize. The thing that makes you win is finishing it, yes, but not finishing it fast or even finishing it particularly elegantly, but it's whoever has the best write-up. So we're, we're trying to make people write it up and express their ideas. And then we release the best answers as the official answer, which is two things. One is the people who write up the best answers are giving back to the community because they're creating the official answers. And then we don't have to write the official answers ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. a way to do it. <laughs> exactly. We crowdsource the answers. So, And the, the grand prize is a SANS class. A free sans class. That's cool. So, yeah, and there are definitely. I mean, I know there are younger kids that play this, and some of them are are um, scarily good at some yeah. of the stuff. So, so that they're definitely out there. Um, let's see. Jay Scar wants to know if this is mobile friendly. <sighs> not, not exactly. Um, the, you know, there's a lot of terminal stuff that happens, and. Mobile terminals suck. E- even the best of them aren't very good. And you say, but I've got one. It's like, mm, no. You know, control <laughs> all this and that. Hit function 12, right? Right. So, you know, it'll come up in your mobile device, but the true experience, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of web-based stuff where you're gonna need like developer tools in your in your browser. And good luck with that on mobile. So so it's designed for, you know, a, a full computer system. That said, you know, Jared was saying his kids are playing on a Chromebook, I think, today. And, uh, you know, so so it is playable on those uh, smaller type platforms. That said, to really engage with the challenges, you're, you're going to need an actual browser um, on an actual computer. And what what uh, what version of Flash did you need? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Flashless. This is yeah. There's no so, flash. Thankfully, no. So it's all HTML5, right? <laughs> yes. Um, yes, and and a lot of CSS and JavaScript and yeah, modern. It's a modern platform. It really is. Good question on Flash. Zero yeah, you, you, <laughs> joke, you joke, but Evan and I were talking about his Flash days as far as Action Script. You know, we were, yeah, we were reminiscing. Wow. wow. I I worked for a company. Um, and the day that Flash was discontinued and they time bombed itself, yep. uh, we had a major outage. Oh mm. man! Uh, and there was a lot of scrambling and running around and screaming and yelling. And <laughs> you know, they finally, yeah, I finally found out what was going on. And I'm like, what? What's broken? They're like, Flash doesn't work anymore. I'm like, How did you not know that? <laughs> <laughs> How is it mission critical? I've used Flash in years. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh boy. Flash doesn't work anymore. So I, I actually do see one up here, and this is actually one that was rumbling around in my head as well. Um, I know, and this really comes from, um, you know, the the platform I talked about that I worked on on that derby hat. We had a scoreboard, and we had kind of just a general platform that I have right. now shared with the community. Right. I, yeah. I'm part of a DefCon group. Uh, we do a pub crawl every year where we have a CTF. And we've huh. taken the same platform that I've used on the little Raspberry Pis on the Derby, and now we yep. put them in little things that are at uh, pubs, right? And then there's a scoreboard. And I'm actually working on cleaning all that up so I can release it to the public. So that's not just me and this DEF CON group that can use it, but anyone who wants to have this little portable CTF, right? Um, all I know that, where you're going with this. All that to say is, the, the question is, um, is the stuff you're working on, the platform, whatever you're doing, are you open sourcing any of this code so that others can then use it? Or is it either not ready for that or unable to be shared in that way? So we get this question a lot, and I appreciate the question. I really do. We have not open sourced the platform. We made it ourselves, but the reason for not open sourcing it is not out of selfishness. It's out of we don't have the cycles to support it. And, and people will always say, well, you don't have to support it. Oh, yeah, you, really you kind of do. Yeah, you have to, or you're a jerk. Yeah. Right? You release this code and you won't support it? Yeah. Well, I have a solution to that problem. I won't release the code, right? So <laughs> um, I would like to at some point, but like I said, we're a small shop um, that, that does Holiday Hack for free. I mean, our company, CounterHack, we do pen testing and we develop cyber ranges for SANS so we can keep the employees employed, right? People have to eat. Um, we do Holiday Hack as a labor of love um, for the SANS community. Um, and I, I sometimes joke, you know, every year about CounterHack. CounterHack exists to make Holiday Hack. Everything else we do is so that we can feed our families while we're working on Holiday Hack. <laughs> so everything else is just gravy on top. But we do a lot of pen testing. We learn a lot from pen testing that we put into Holiday Hack. But because of that, and we run a fairly lean shop here, Jared can attest to that, um, we don't have a lot of cycles to refine the code, release it, and, and then the most important and difficult thing is to support it over time because people will run into bumps in the road saying, hey, this doesn't work. How do I fix it? How do you fix it? Um, can you add this feature? You know, maybe someday. Um, we did a bunch with BrowserQuest. The Holiday mm -hmm. Hack 2015 and 2016 ran in BrowserQuest. Then in 2017, we started developing our own engine because we had pushed BrowserQuest to its limit and beyond. Um, and maybe we could release the browser quest extensions that we had created. But even then, that wouldn't give you the full, you know, 2021 holiday hack experience. Yeah, and we're know. adding, we I mean, add so you, many features every year. Is, oh, I'm sorry. Is, is, browser quest, is browser quest even a thing that's uh, re like released or supported anymore from, that was a Mozilla project, know. wasn't it, I think? Yeah, last time we used it was 2016. Yeah, I had, I had um, poked around with browser quest after... After the holiday hack challenge, in fact, yeah. um, because I thought it was a fun little platform and I wanted to see where, where it came from. And I actually played through, I think, the whole game, to be honest. It's not a very yeah. big, it's yeah. actually like a browser based RPG, which is it is just yeah. a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to play through. Yeah. But, uh, so we would love to support it as a platform and release it publicly. It's not like we're trying to keep things away from people, but it's it's the support costs. You know, we have Evan as our main uh, developer. We've got Jared as our main, you know, backend guy, and and then there's a, a tremendous amount of operations. And then if you look at all the different piece parts, for somebody to set this up on their own, so they could use an open source front end of it, 
that would take such documentation. <laughs> Jared would disappear for six months. <laughs> Just poof. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, it was funny you mentioned that because I had an, um, an idea that um, when I first was was hired, um, you know, everybody was giving me a, a hard time and saying, "Oh, you got you got that that new that new higher energy. Just just go get them." And um, I think uh, something that we often do is without recognizing our problem domains and really focusing in on the problem, we go off to a corner and script stuff up in code. And so I've I've written some stuff that I can bug at, uh, at about to see if he'll let me uh, release it more for uh, sysops, you know, DevOps stuff. Um, but I think it's just a reminder to you know the DevOps folks who are listening to this and that really identify the pain points and the problems and and. Once at about September, I realized I didn't know enough to go the direction I was headed. Uh, and so it really has been um, drinking from that fire hose, watching the high friction points in our process and trying to like make documentation, make some code that can get us there and, and make things better. But like where I'm already sto stoked is for next year, because this year is awesome. And even Ed's energy for just this year and next year is just... Um, you know, cont contagious. So anyway, I think it's a, it's a great thing. And, uh, if, if I show the stuff to Ed and Ed gives the nod, it's not too big. It's just a little thing, but maybe, maybe something like that could enter the world. I'd be for like standalone things that help, you know, sysadmins do their job better, but for the whole grandiose thing, it'd be hard for somebody to instantiate that, let alone keep it up and support it. Right. Um, I can so really do it. It's hard. <laughs> so I have a great story, Jared. I hope you don't mind my telling it. Uh -oh. But three weeks ago, four weeks ago, Jared and I are talking and Jared's like, what's your biggest worry of this launch? <laughs> and I said, do you really want me to tell you? And he's like, yeah, I want to hear it. I said, "My, should I say it? Go for it, man. I won't yeah. jinx it or curse no, anything. Go right? for it. So I said, my biggest worry is we go live and it, <laughs> crash, and it crashes five minutes later. And then after five or 10 minutes, you get back up for five minutes and then it crashes again <laughs> and that and that keeps going for a day or so i said that's that's my biggest worry and jared's like that's a good worry I, and he, he said i will do everything to make sure that doesn't happen and it's been a good you know almost 30 hours now and and uh that hasn't happened so thank you for your your hard work on that but you know we do sweat the details and we do we do lose a lot of sleep <laughs> in trying to get the <laughs> production well, I mean, ready i i i think unless the timing in my head is off around the time that you launched holiday hack is when Amazon crashed. So completely unrelated. Yes. You know, some people have actually <laughs> you, drawn you a conclusion to that. Yes. They said that it was us. I had nothing to do with it, officer. Honest, honest, but it was, uh, they crashed, I think two hours before we went live. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Which is like, wow. All right. So we've been at this almost an hour. I had two quick things. One, one is actually really quick. There's a number of folks in chat that I do see going by that are saying things like, thank you. We love Holiday Hack Challenge and we want you to keep it up. So I want to make sure that if you're not watching chat, you at least hear that, right? Thank so, you so much. And we'll, we'll pass that on to the team because it really is the whole yes. team's effort. So thank you for that. We'll let them know. Yeah, people appreciate this. I mean, I, I've used it. Jason's used it. I, I, I've talked to lots of folks. I Folks that I work with at Red Hat, I've mentioned it to them and they've <laughs> either already know about it or, or have tried it out now and they love it. It's just everyone I've talked to that's, that's hopped into it for five minutes or 20 hours, right? They enjoy it. And I think that's, that's Thank you. that you need to hear that feedback, right? Much appreciated. And the other thing, and this this isn't something I prepped you for, so I hope it's not blindsiding you. I'm kind of curious um, with all of the announcements that have come 
surrounding online worlds, right? This yeah. year with yeah. Meta and the Metaverse yeah. and whatever. Um, do you foresee any like a shift in your own online world that is more, say, virtual or even three D or anything yeah, wh- like that? When as- can we? When can we step into the Santaverse? Yeah, when can we step into the Santaverse? Or, or I guess really, this is just an open question about like, where do you see Holiday Hack going and that online world going in the future? That is a really good question. We've had several people say since launch, you know, yesterday, when they first get into the game, is this the metaverse? And like, it kind of is, you know. It was hilarious. So um, we definitely want to push that technology forward, but there, there is... There is something that we try to do with Holiday Hack Challenge, and we think about this a whole lot. We want it to be free. And by free, we mean not only that you don't pay us, but it requires no special hardware. Right. Okay? Or even no special internet service. We're really careful about writing our challenges so they don't require callbacks. Because there are kids around the world on the internet that can't listen on a port. Why? Because their ISP blocks it and they'd have to buy something special and go to a cloud and this and that. And it's beyond their capability. So if there's any callbacks, you know, reverse shells or anything like that, we always do them in-game. So you'll have a reverse shell from one of our systems to one of our systems in case you can't catch that reverse shell. We have talked about doing some sort of VR kind of thing. We want to do it. Or or even augmented reality. You know, when Pokemon Go was really big, we're like, can we do something like that? And the issue is we don't want to limit ourselves to people who can only afford certain hardware. I mean, there are kids in relatively poor countries that play this game and love it. We We even look at like, what kind of hardware do you need to render our stuff at a reasonable 30 frames per second or something like that? Is that something that somebody with very little money in a third world country, say, or inner city or something, could afford to do with what they might have available to them. So we sweat that. But like VR goggles and stuff like that, until Mark Zuckerberg makes sure that every one of us is, you know, has them <laughs> so that we can spend all our money in the metaverse. Right. So, so that's that's the limiting factor on that. I would not rule it out, but... Um, but it has to be a lot more affordable is what it comes down to. Yeah. You know, we, we did a challenge a, a few years ago where you had to call a phone number. And we were worried that, you know, what if you're in another country? How much is it going to cost you to call a phone number? So we set some things up with VoIP so you could use our systems to call your phone. Then we were worried about, well, what if people just start dialing through us and we become, you know, an international yeah. carrier, right? So you got to be careful with all that stuff, too. Yeah, it's, it's so funny. It's my, just, my, my dad used to run a phone company. He's got a story about a PBX that they used to manage that um, they started seeing yeah. these weird, suspic- suspicious phone calls. And it was they think it was actually terrorists. They were connecting in through their system and yeah. sort of relaying from them yep. to another, to another, to another, to match their calls. So, yep. yeah, that's a real concern when it comes to any kind of a telephone service that you're trying to offer. People yep. will abuse and it because they, so they want to try to h- cover their tracks. We haven't done telephony recently. That was a few years ago. But we are looking at all that. And accessibility. Um you know, for people with different abilities, uh, we do think about that. You know, if uh, if you're deaf, can you, can you still play mm, the game? Right. Still work. Right. Um, if you're colorblind, um, you know, or or have other issues, we and we're not perfect at it. You know, last year we launched uh, the game and we had the Santa Vader. It's the elevator in Santa's uh, workshop, and we didn't realize that if you couldn't differentiate red and yellow and green oh, very right. well. It'd be hard to do. So we came up with some graphical ways to indicate that these things are of a different type rather than just their color. So we're we're learning about that and and you know trying to make it the best that we can. But also we're we're focused on people who 
don't have the latest hardware gear, can they still play and not be disadvantaged in, in the gameplay and the learning? Right. That's important. It really is important, especially in a, in a thing where you're trying to not just make it fun for people to play, but in order to educate people, right? People want to yeah. be able to come in and learn, just have fun, right? It's, it's great it's, that, uh, that that's one of your goals to make sure it's accessible to just about anybody. It's so cool, you know, the worldwide appeal of this thing. Um, so I don't want to sound like we're bragging or anything, but it's just, it's neat to see all these people coming in from different countries. We have people submitting reports in languages I can't read or understand. <laughs> uh, they're in kanji, which is cool. I was in Saudi Arabia just before the lockdown started. So I'm, I'm standing there at a conference in Saudi Arabia and uh, these various Saudis and people from all over the Arab world are coming up to me and they're saying, thank you for Holiday Hack Challenge. And they're all dressed in their traditional uh, clothing and such. And this, this is like lovely, you know, <laughs> every year they get to party with Santa Claus. I mean, how cool is that? That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, this has been a great conversation. We've gone kind of all over the place. Um, we, we've answered questions. Uh, I don't. Jason, did you have any final things that we wanted to try to touch on that you think we didn't cover? No, I I, I love just hanging out with Ed and, yeah, and you guys this is do always fun. incredible work with I, this. I, so I love talking with you guys. It's always fun. If really, you, if if you ever just want a podcast to hang out on, reach out. We'll uh, we'll find something to talk about. <laughs> I really enjoy I enjoy talking with you. The whole sysadmin view of this thing is is tremendous. You know, and and we should try to break down those silos. You know, security people versus sysadmins. Um, we got to all work together and learn each other's crafts. It'll make us all better at what we do. Yeah. Um, and that's why I like hanging out with you guys. Plus you're just fun. I mean, this is a good time. So. <laughs> Every time we've had any kind of a security professional on this show, the, the topic has always come back to that. And it's something that Jason and I both agreed with. It's part of the reason that we have ever had anything to do with information security is because the two of us worked together in higher ed. I was a system and he was a network engineer and we both mm. felt very strongly that even if it's not in our title, it is part of what we have to do. We have to know it. Even if we're not professionals, even if we're not experts, we have to know about that world in order to protect our stuff from it, right? So that's the whole reason that this show has a security bend to it, because we feel strongly about the same thing. So Well said. Well said. All right. Well, well this has been great. We're going to go to a break. For everyone watching on the live stream, we'll be back in a few. So hang out. Thank you. Thank you.